The big problem for me is that all the good cult names are taken okay. already. So when it comes time for you to name a cult in the game we're discussing today, I sat there for maybe a half hour. And I was like, what are the cool, like, Nexium spelled all caps without mm-hmm. vowel, like, uh-huh. I mean, the, the, Keith Ranieri sucks shit, right? But like, man, it's a cool fucking name. And I can't, I, it's taken is the problem. All the big ones. Have you thought about just like nice guys? See, that does that does feel more nefarious to me. It does. It's like, well, this couldn't possibly be a cult, right? Because mm. it says right there that they are pretty good people. Happy Land. Happy Land leans a little too much in the Happy Tree Friends direction that oh. I do feel like yeah. this game uh, uh, tiptoes toward. Uh, it, yeah, it's hard, guys. It's hard. I went with Club leader. 33, which is the name of a bunch of secret clubs inside Disney parks. So <laughs> now every I like to pretend every single one of my cult members is like a mid-level teflon executive in 1970 just sucking yeah. down a, a a fanta and, and enjoying the, the atmosphere <laughs> mine i will admit is in pretty poor taste um i did end up going with kevin's gate um oh, interesting and, and that's <laughs> interesting bracing who's kevin i don't know but his gate sucks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mine is Frush's Gate, so I guess we were sort of in the same <laughs> okay. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. And folks, it's a video game club. Just by listening, you are a member. We got a really exciting game this week. Kind of flew under the radar. I wasn't really aware of it, but we are all just, I don't know about all, but at least a couple of us are really smitten with this one. It's called Cult of the Lamb. Chris, what's Cult of the Lamb? Cult of the Lamb is kind of like two games. One is a roguelite, kind of like Binding of Isaac, but much better. Sorry, Fresh Dick. Yeah. And then Bullshit. the other side is kind of, it's like a life town management sim, kind of like Animal Crossing, but with purpose. Oh, my God. It's it's just here to quite cut the, up. It's quite the thing. Chris Plant has apparently come on to just drop bombs. <laughs> really, really spicy stuff on this Yeah, episode. and we're going to get into all of it uh, uh, right after this. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you've got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye 
to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages, sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It is a singular game, Call to the Lamb, I would say. It's just one game. Yeah, we should make it clear we are not talking about a bunch of games. No, no, no. I mean singular in the sense that, like, you don't immediately get it when you're playing it, I feel like. It's fascinating. You know what the best analogy I can come up with is? What's that, Juice? Act Razor. Oh, that is a good analogy. It's it's not it's like a modern act razor if that helps. It's like when I first started playing this game. So what you what you get is you're a you're a cult leader basically who's been brought back. You're from a the, lamb to be clear, a lamb, a cult yeah. leading lamb that's been brought back from the the dead to uh, start his own cult in the name of this. Uh, it's called he who he who waits. I think is the name of the malevolent deity um, and or the benevolent deity that brings you back depending on your perspective. So you are a cult leader that is venturing out into the, you have a cult at home and then you are venturing out into the outside world to find new followers and uh, uh, collect resources and kill enemies and find uh, junk lying around and also kill these elder gods uh, <laughs> on your journey to like uh, avenge your death and, and, and cleanse the, whatever you're doing. I don't know. Morality is sort of a, a gray area with, <laughs> with, with this game, but it's, it doesn't even seem like a gray area. No, it it's seems a like a, yeah, you're pretty, yeah. don't be moral, <laughs> uh, but you are, but you do have the choice to like how you're going to run your call. Is That's it like true. a benevolent or like, are you, are you the kind of guys like, Hey, everybody, you believe in me more when you eat each other. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> But it feels at first when you're playing it very much like a a Hades like you're going uh-huh. into a sort of like randomly generated world and fighting bad guys and and increasing your power and stuff. And I kind of thought the cult would be more of a metaphor, sort of like um, the you know the 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 Hades part of Hades where you're you know in the underworld and you're you know talking to people and and it's not very mechanical. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit casual. Right? It's casual and it's a way of like marking your progress, really, right? Everybody there is kind of a metaphor for, you know, different power ups and and things like that. Um, but but there's not very, a game. There's not, not a game there, right, right? In that part, there's definitely a game here. Um, and I think the question that I'm wrestling with that I would love to get your guys' thoughts on is like how these two game, how how effectively these two games sort of like over uh, overlap and interweave for you. Yeah, peanut so butter I, and jelly. I just oh. want to say that, and I'll throw it to Fresh Dick. <laughs> okay, I like that. Um, yeah, so I was expecting the combat of this to actually be the focus of the game, just because that's traditionally how it is. I mean, Hades is a good example. The combat is the focus, and then there's the secondary thing. It's actually inverted here, where the it feels like the city-building part of it mm-hmm. is very, very developed, and the combat is good. It feels good, and I enjoy doing it. But it, you know, you mentioned Binding of Isaac, in compa- comparing the depth of the combat in this versus Binding of Isaac is really like not a comparison not at all. Because I, there's, I agree, it's pretty surface. It's fun surface, like it feels good to hit stuff with a sword or an axe or whatever. But it doesn't have a lot of like, 
you know, there aren't a ton of different builds you can go into and stuff like that. It's kind of a means to an end so that you're gathering enough resources to then power the core of the game, which is the city building part. I will say I did find it more interesting later in the game. I mean, several hours in. Did you you guys unlock the um, shawls, different shawls? Yeah, Yeah. I, I got one of them. So I got one that uh, that you can collect some stuff and get an upgrade that's like these shawls. And the shawls are really sort of like, they remind me of the skulls sort of, they're like modifiers. They're not yeah. necessarily better, but they are, uh, I got one that doubled the damage that I took. But every time I killed somebody, it added 10% to my damage until I got hit. So it that really, uh, I was sort of like, fine on the combat but that really was interesting because it was like it increased the difficulty but it made it like i really had to dial in and focus on it Mm -hmm. um and i think that like with some modifiers like that it is it's not boring no it feels good it's not the main focus i think it's it's fast and snappy in a way that i that keeps me coming i don't particularly enjoy the like adventuring out part of the game just because i do think it is not nearly as fleshed out as the cult building side of the game. But that said, like as simple as it is, like it feels good. It's fast and and snappy and just kind of fun to move around the world and hit Mm -hmm. spiky forest monsters. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's as deep as it needs to be. I think it's set out to do a very different thing than binding of Isaac where yes, binding of Isaac on a mechanical level, especially for combat. And I guess mystery is one of the best games of all. I I concede that it's fantastic, right? But that is a game where you have to devote a lot of yourself to that game to really appreciate it. I mean, yeah. Fresh, how many hours have you put into that? I game? don't want to talk about it. Hundreds, this. right? <laughs> yeah. And yes. I, I, what, I, what I like about this game is it, it has hints of all those things, but it's immediately accessible. I mean, yes. accessible. you can immediately jump into it. You can immediately enjoy it. And I feel like I'm going to play this game for, I don't know how long it is, 15 hours. And I'll have... It would, it'll have been a, a great experience, but yeah. because it doesn't have that depth, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, this isn't the game that you play for three hundred yeah. hours, and that's you that's also okay. like it, it's also in the moment to moment. It works on a smaller scale than that. You, with with Hades, which you guys know, I love Hades. I'm not here to be smart, Hades, but the whole deal with Hades is it needs to be exactly the right length, difficulty, challenge, variety. So that when you finish a run, you're like, yeah, I could pick in, I could get in one more real quick. Yeah, this is not that. I I don't think that they are that inner. Like they don't necessarily want you to feel that compulsion to jump right back into it. Like into because, a run though. Yes, because that's uh, I felt a compulsion to jump back into managing my. Cult. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't that funny? Well, yeah, yeah. The, the the comparison weirdly is Stardew Valley with the caves. Like, that's what kept coming to my brain of, like, mm, I am yeah. taking care of my plot of land, and then I, I can go into the caves, and I can fight goo, and it's fun. I think it's the combat here is a trillion times better than that. Yeah. Um. And But, but yeah, the, the where I ended up spending most of my time was, you know, planting <laughs> flowers and pumpkins. Yeah, sure. It's yeah. You really talk about some of the stuff you can do. Give a sense of the like scope of 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 the the life sim part. Sure. Uh, well, so the goal is to Not life sim, but you know, y- cult sim. Someone's life. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that you're taking over. The goal is to create a, a larger and larger cult, and as you go through the game and the adventures out in the world, you are 
effectively bringing people into your cult. And then once you have them, it's about keeping them happy so that they pray to you so that you then collect their like prayer bubbles and turn that into greater and greater power, which then lets you go into the world and fight some more. And the stuff that you do to keep them happy is like, hey, you build them, you know, a sleeping bag uh that falls apart almost instantaneously or eventually you use that to get enough points to upgrade so that you can buy a toilet so they stop like shitting all over the yard um and then oh, dang, at, you can get a toilet yeah dang, that's that changes everything yeah Funny. not only can you get a toilet you can get a poop, poop hanger poop hanger and you can keep your poop in it so that they can use that poop to fertilize your plants. Does the poop from the toilet go to the fertilizing bin? Yes. Or, oh, automa- uh, not automatically, but... Oh, but you can scoop it up yeah. with your bare hands. Well, you can, yeah, collect and, collect and pass very quickly. I, speaking of poop, I do want to mention, while you're doing all the city building stuff, you'll also get mini quests from your uh, cult members who will be like, hey, I want to be friends with this person. Can you collect flowers? Like, that's a very basic one. One of them came up to me and was like, I have a dream. A lifelong oh, no. dream, and only you can solve it. Oh, no. I need to eat a bowl of poop, and you have to make it for me. And you, I'm like, okay, Was well, it actual? I got one that wanted grassy gruel, and I made them grassy gruel, but I have not had one that said I want to no, no, eat. No, no, no. I screen capped it. He literally said bowl of poop. And that is one of your recipes is bowl of poop, and I made it for him, and he instantly vomited, and uh, I felt okay about it because that was his dream of dreams so yeah you gave it to him who am i to yuck someone's yum i, I want to talk about how, how gross and like surprisingly grim this game gets I, we, we still need to talk about the actual like church part right. of it like that you're oh, yeah. the temple right but but first i want to just talk about recruiting characters in this because you know in some of these games you just like find a character in the world and then like great that's it there's very clever writing in here where they don't take a lot of time with dialogue but you can tell what the story is so you'll find a character and they will just be in like an empty town shaking and you realize that they've murdered everyone in their town and then you are constantly brokering deals so it's like oh i'll absolve you of your sins in exchange for like endless labor and devotion or um there's like sick and starving cute characters that you are like getting them to love you in exchange for food and shelter it's like very grim ideas the one that um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the very worst one that came to mind. Oh, it, it, here's an example of this. I I, I had an elk, uh, a very adorable elk that was in my town and was the first uh, to turn against me that decided that I was not a worthy, uh, I guess, mm. cult leader, right? And uh, you, you're given like options of what to do with that. And the options are like, oh, you can deprogram them. You can imprison them. You could sacrifice them. And instead of any of that, I had unlocked a power just recently to just shuttle a character to the afterlife, which gives everyone else in my group, like, more faith in me. To kill them, basically. Which I did, yeah, which I did to get rid of them. But, like, that is so fucked up. Of Like, (laughs) somehow of all of those options, that actually is the one that freaks me out the most. Because here's a person who fundamentally does not believe in your religion. And you're not just killing them. You're shuttling them off to an afterlife that they are a heretic in. That's that's (laughs) deranged. The systems in the game are amazing. The, like, customization progression stuff. Like, I'm always on the lookout for, for... really satisfying like upgrade systems like that and and this game has several of them that are meaningful and connect in really really cool ways and 
the side effect of that, given the tone of the game that Chris has described, is that you will just do shit to like increase the potency of your cult or of yourself in combat scenarios without even really thinking like, oh my God, what have I, what have I done? Why did I, this is a horrific thing I have just done to this per, I've killed this non-believer and then extorted tithes from all of his buddies just because I needed more coins to build more sleeping bags. I mean, cults um, ain't nice, Griff. Cults ain't, cults ain't nice, but it's easy to like lose sight of that when you are just on your you're, on your grind. Is it, for, Griffin? Is it easy to lose sight it, of that? <laughs> yeah, well, me? That's weird. <laughs> Griffin, can you talk talk about the, the way that the temple works and like all the different like sermons and prayers and decrees? Sure. So you you have this this town that you have control over that you will build new structures in and harvest sort of raw materials it's a from. I mean, let's it's call a compound. It this. Sure. Uh, and so you can build things like, um, uh, I mean, you can plant berry bushes that you can get for gather food from, and then later on you unlock a farm. So if you plant stuff in the vicinity of the farm, your followers will know to water and harvest and plant all the stuff there when you assign them that job. Uh, you assign every follower a different job, whether it's like gathering wood and stone or praying at the altar or whatever. Um, and one of the first big buildings you get is the temple, which allows you to... Uh, sort of introduce new doctrine into the, the your your cult, um, which sometimes unlocks new interactions with your followers. Like, for instance, the extort tithes um, doctrine. Most of the time, whenever you unlock a new doctrine, you have a choice between two, and they are those represent the sort of moral choices in the game. Like, for instance, the uh, extort tithe has another option where you can give money to your followers to earn their loyalty, mm-hmm. um, which, like, that's a sucker's game. The, uh, those those upgrades in particular, I found to be the some of the most meaningful in the game because sure. they'll apply to every villager in your town. So one of the upgrades was, like, uh, I chose to have it so that the townspeople didn't mind eating grass. Like, they were cool eating. Yeah, that eating. was a big help. And so ordinarily they like lose faith in you if you just feed them grass all the time. But here they were cool with it. Yeah. They're wild um, about the stuff. They're uh, loving it. And yeah. then there's there's like prayer, there's faith that um, unlocks divine inspirations, which are like the blueprints for the new stuff that you can build uh, in your in your compound. Then there are like whenever you give sermons, I think it's devotion that you earn, and those unlock new uh, sometimes like combat capabilities for you whenever you go, Every, everything, all these systems are connected and they all, um, there there are very few that are like, increase your melee damage by 2.5%. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's usually pretty, pretty meaningful stuff. I did get a little overwhelmed by the names of everything because it's like devotion, faith, you know, there's that like- it's a little confusing. It's, it's hard to remember that there is, um, there are individual levels of loyalty yeah, and then faith is what is like cult wide. Um, hunger is like that too. That's not immediately clear, but it doesn't. At least this is my understanding of it. It's actually weirdly like short on. There is a lot of tutorial, but like I maybe still could have done with a bit more. Um, food is not an individual act. It is like a group hunger. Like right. Well, uh, technically, uh, uh, so you can dive into an individual villager and see how hungry that villager is, but it kind of averages out right. the overall hunger of your cult. Yeah, you go you know, to cook, you, you throw a whole bunch of food on the ground, and the most 
hungry people will yeah. eat it. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I want to talk about the, the actual choices and like what is benevolent here. So the, I, I mentioned the like ascension, right? That you can send people to heaven. An example of a choice is that, or you can just straight up murder people now. And the card hints at like, hey, people are probably not going to like that. I guess do it at nighttime. But like, you yeah. might actually, there is a way, so like there might be another upgrade where when you sacrifice someone, ordinarily the, the uh, cult might lose faith in you, but this upgrade will allow them to like be super into it. Yeah. This so is, you can really craft. For murder, oh, yeah. Well, I, I think the murder option is straight up just murder, murder, not oh, sure. sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, got it. Um, but there's yeah, also, I, I, I want to mention when people die, you have two options. You can leave their body there. You can strip their body. Three options, really. Leave their body there, strip their body of Four the meat. Options. And then feed everyone the meat from their body. Or you can just bury them and then potentially later on resurrect them if you wanted to. You can also throw them a funeral. Oh, that's nice. I didn't yeah, yeah, you can get it, do a tasteful funeral. <laughs> there's there's so much funny, like, interesting little, like, uh, your your uh it's surprisingly deep like your cult will lose <laughs> they there's a nighttime daytime cycle right so you have to have enough beds for everybody and they all have to you know make sure they sleep you can actually find necklaces that don't that make it so they never need to sleep oh that's but, cool yeah um but uh <laughs> if you start a sermon a sermon is like at the temple you come and you collect everybody's faith if you start a sermon at night, people lose faith in you because you woke them up. <laughs> They're like, oh, this fucking guy again. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 boss. Okay, yeah. Classic yeah. Justin. Well, I, I, I think, you, Justin, you mentioned the, like, light on tutorial. Something I, I do dig about the game is that it's just kind of what you would expect in real life. Yeah, like, right, like it, that's true. It, it wasn't always clear to me, like, oh, how do I raise our faith? Well, I guess if I build better beds, that mm. might work. And then it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, a it, happiness meter effectively. Yeah. For, yeah. I felt like I was, I, once I started just going off of feel and rather than like specifically trying to read the rules, I, I did a lot better. Um, I mean, this is the Hades of this year for me in that they're, they're different, but it does a whole bunch of things and it does all of them at minimum. Well, if not outright great. Yeah. It is, I will say the thing that I enjoy about the experience of playing it over Hades, and I'm not, you know, saying one's better than the other, but because Hades was constantly improving. And I, this feels like something that will get tweaked. I, I don't know. Um, but I think they have said there will be post launch updates yeah. of some um, sort. I don't get furious like I do with Hades. Like when in this game, if I die, it's sort of like, ah, well. Like I, I needed to get back, and everybody was hungry anyway. Yeah. <laughs> everybody was hungry anyway. I needed to get back and check on everybody. Like the stakes of what you're doing in the combat part are not actually that important. Like it's a gradual thing, and and you are doing things that help your village. But like really, um, as I played more, I found myself more reluctant to like go out to the outside world because there was so much going on at home yeah um that i i found myself hesitant to get out there and yeah uh, i you know, I, I was curious what you guys thought about the like upkeep aspects of it because a lot of the buildings you know you mentioned the beds break if you use them too much obviously you can make them more durable over time but even like there's like a lumber yard that'll break eventually the, I, I was wondering if you guys felt that was like a little overwhelming just to like keep everything fixed. 
It it is, but it's also necessary because like yeah. without that, uh, it, that that is sort of the way. It is not hard to get new followers whenever you are right. in a in your um, crusade, which is what they call it. Whenever you leave your settlement to go and collect shit. Uh, it has a sort of uh, Slay the Spire-esque way of moving between floors where you can see, like, okay, well, if I go this way, I'll find some food resources. If I go this way, I'll find a new follower. Doing that, like, it's not hard to just continuously pick up more and more and more followers, which is, of course, incredibly important because they do all the work for you. Um, but if you overexpand too quickly before you have the sort of resources and utilities that you need to manage all those followers, yeah, you're going to be running around scooping poop like it is your job um, until I assume you can eventually unlock a janitor or something. Yeah, there is a janitor. There is 100% a janitor. (laughs) And it's a great video game, a dirty video game trick that I'm an absolute sucker for is when they put something in the game that isn't fun, and then later they're like, hey, we got to... We got a guy for that. I mean, it's it's the epitome of a clicker mechanic, right? Like clicker games are about automating the things that you find annoying in the game. Yeah. A lot of that happens. I also just like it as the the story of being a cult leader or I mean, like this is like a startup the video game. Like you you're going to have to actually work for these people. Like that if you want to get these this cult to care, I mean I, I don't know. I, I, I really liked having to do the menial labor. They they mention a few different points. Uh the other gods like critique you for doing this, where they're like, Why would you be doing this like shit work? Um, I don't know. I just I like I have trouble articulating why I like this game so much because it feels so simple in every aspect. And I yet, think it, it is a game about constant choice and i think the best games are that where you're Mm. constantly making a choice between two interesting decisions one you know i got an upgrade where when i die on a crusade i have the choice to resurrect myself but i have to sacrifice one of my cult members and depending on which cult member you sacrifice you'll get more health back so if i pick like a really old frail cult member they'll only give me a, a heart or two um so and that is the entire game is constantly making those like you know they're meaningful in the sense that you kind of get attached to certain members of the cult and stuff like that but grand scheme of things you're not going to get devastated by one of these decisions but they're all very satisfying and, and fun to watch the animations and stuff like that the animations are great one 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 sorry just one very quick final moment your characters the, the your followers age um and i i had one who had been aging for a few days and basically came up to me and was like hey you know it's pretty much the end. Just want to say thanks. You know, it's been it's been it's been real. It's been great. Loved working for you. Um, and cult. <laughs> yeah, in this cult times, and 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 he was like uh, level four, or whatever, very high. I was like, you know what? For you, it's time to ascend. And, and I and I sent him to heaven. Got some faith points for it. And I realized at that moment. This is the best game Peter Molyneux never made. Oh, <laughs> well, so, I mean, such a good he, take. I don't know. That's not fair. He made Black and White, which I would say has some pretty, there's a, uh, a pretty tremendous amount of, that Venn diagram, I think, overlaps quite a bit. That oh, yeah, no, I, I, but the difference is this one's fun to play. Um, <laughs> oh, right. I did, I will, okay, one other little thing that I just wanted to highlight, because there is some stuff that makes me feel like kind of icky, 
because cults are not a fantasy creation. They're it's like a real thing. Yeah, you yeah. need to turn that yeah. part of your brain off when playing this game because well, it does get I, well, started. Least, icky. I do want to flag it. I'm not talking yeah. about my own personal enjoyment, but I do want to flag it. There's yeah. a like to give you an example of the ickiness. There is an option you can get to where you cr- get a ritual that lets you marry a follower. Mm. And I got a quest. Okay, so it's like mechanical. It was like, hey, will you marry me? I'm wild about it, the whole thing. And I'm like, uh, I guess, yeah, because if you deny somebody, then you lose a bunch of faith. So I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 no problem. I'll I'll marry you. So I married this person who is in my cult, which is already like, mm-hmm. yeah, power dynamics. Like you can f- force anybody to marry you. You can smooch. You you can smooch on command. You can smooch on command, which increases their loyalty to you. Which is like, I feel like that's all pretty gross, but also it's a gross game about cults. This is like not out of line, but it is like, yikes. And then that same uh, uh, cult member, and I'm sure this is randomly generated, but it was pretty wild. That same cult member came to me an hour later that was like, I would like you to sacrifice me. <laughs> it's been Which, terrible. Like, doesn't say a lot about my husbandly no, I've, I've made a human, huge mistake. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Actually, this has been great. The romance, uh, so special. Would but... rather get ripped apart by tentacles than <laughs> live you. another day. <laughs> and I got a massive, massive amount of faith from my followers. Like, did you see what this motherfucker did? Yeah. He sacrificed his wife to the tentacles. The the aesthetic of the game is probably my main complaint. It doesn't it doesn't do much for me. It's I'm that not... we need a name for this. Where like Binding of Isaac, don't starve. It's like cute, cute, it, well, cute. I, I very different. Yeah, binding, cute. Well, binding of it's, it's both kawaii and kawaii. Oh, good oh, job. Wow. Good wow. job. Uh, Finding of Isaac is, is, I think, pretty grotesque from start to finish. This uh, I referenced Happy Tree Friends, which is probably unfair, but that like, yay, it's cute little woodland animals, and they're fucking cutting, they're decapitating each other. Like, I've always been pretty grossed out by that. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, though, if the game was like super grim dark, if that would assuage some of that ickiness probably not yeah Yeah. i think it's just a taste thing like whether it works for you or not uh it's definitely like has some hot topic vibes to it but uh, it's cool with me like i'm into it i also think it serves what justin is talking about because i think this game is a good critique of those things i don't think this game is by any means celebrating this world or cults or any of that it feels like to me like a pretty sharp critique of organized religion as a whole and not funny it's not it doesn't i don't feel like it ever really plays it up for laughs like when you do horrible shit it's on it may have this layer of cutesiness sort of on top of it but it's not like it's so fucking funny that you just sacrificed that that you just you know performed sinicide uh, upon this elderly follower of yours, uh, it's, it also it, creates contrast. Like there, I mean, the, when you convert a follower is a perfect example. The game is very, very cute. Your character is very, very cute. And then when it's time to convert somebody, your eyes go red and you look horrific. Like yeah, it it wants to. I feel like a lot of the stuff when it gets gross, it it strips the jokes away, it strips the cute away, and it's like, no, this is this is unsettling. Like you are yeah. supposed to feel. A yicky about all of it's, this. It's it's not like an overlord 
which is another sort of comparison of just mm. you are this big yeah. strong uber deity that no one remembers that, oh man, I, <laughs> I love that game. that game but you <laughs> had your cult followers were these little goblins that you would send off to like you know, uh, sacrifice themselves for you, and the whole time they would just be like farting and <laughs> laughing. And it was, yeah, it was I mean, so they were minions, basically. Yeah, there's, there's none of that. How about here. another overlord, though? How about one? I think <laughs> we're we're British two, humor. I think they Fellowship made Fellowship of Evil came out in 2015. That was the last My one. Lord. Yeah. Written by Rihanna Pratchett. Who yeah. knew this game came out? Uh, not I. Well, anyway. I Dope think, game. Oh, very, very disliked. <laughs> Critically, oh, just no. a disaster. Oh, no. Um, okay, so that is Cult of the Lamb. You should check it out. Check it totally out. It's on basically every platform, which is cool. Yeah. And when we get back... Mortal Kombat! That scared me, actually, a little bit. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest that might sound too good to be true i have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments i have and it's worked which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. 
plan? What is it? Is it Mortal Kombat's birthday? What's what's going on? It's the thirtieth birthday. We we talked about oh. Mortal, uh, Mario Kart's thirtieth birthday on Rusty's, and now we're talking about Mortal Kombat. And then I think that's the end of the birthdays for this year. Things that we <laughs> care about. I, I think uh, it, you know the Evo was recently. Uh, Mortal Kombat, not really a, <laughs> a big thing there, but hey, it's still around after 30 years, and it, it it culturally matters, and it had a huge impact on me as a kid, so I wanted to see for y'all, did, did you have your mortal moment? <laughs> I, um, I guess the question, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say, for me, Mortal Kombat was the first game that was like, oh, I'm not allowed to buy that because it's inappropriate for my childish eyes. Was that the case for everyone else here? I don't remember ever being explicitly told not to play Mortal Kombat. Justin would remember better than me. It was just never, it, fighting games were never, we, th- we weren't really, yeah, they weren't really a thing in our house. But the content I, wasn't uh, a concern. I don't think my parents were like even aware. I, I mean, aware <laughs> enough of it. I, I went to Mark Fisher's house and Mark Fisher had the, uh, the good version. Mm. Of Sega Genesis. Genesis, I guess. Genesis version. version. Yeah. That's an interesting. So, kids, <laughs> that was the blood code, though, right? There was the, because of like the yes. way games were um, uh, under a lot of scrutiny at this time period, like early to mid nineties, because of Mortal Kombat. Because, of, well, yeah, okay, but then uh, when they made their uh, way to the consoles, the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo version did not have uh, blood in it. It and had sweat. Geni- but the Genesis version had a code you could enter, um, A B A C A B B. Wow! Which I just found yep. out. Yeah, the blood code. It inspired. Sorry, does it open with A cab? Because Abacab. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, still, it, it actually um, the, the uh, uh, there was a death metal, a deathcore band called A B A C A B B. Abacab. But yeah, there was a blood code on the Genesis, and that was the version you wanted to get when you were a kid. Um, uh, I just watched the movie, the new one or the, the... new one. Did you okay. guys watch that movie? Oh Fuck yeah, I watched. Yeah. I watched it at a drive-in. It was a great drive-in I think experience. It might be the best Mortal Kombat movie you could make. You yeah, know what I mean, like I got I to agree. the end, it was like no complaints. Yeah, it is exactly the Mortal Kombat movie that I would want to see. No complaints. The it, it, because of for me the hyper violence of it. The problem with the yes. other ones is like you know fucking. Johnny Cage punches Goro in the dick and then he falls over and dies. And it's like, ha, 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 ha. This one, like, Jax gets funny. his arms frozen and then shattered while he's still alive. It's, it is horrific. In you also like, see, oh, yeah. like, a, a real-life version of the hat cutting through someone. Yes. So, the real-life versions the of a lot of fatalities that is yeah. just hilarious to see done in real life. And every, like mimetic line from this entire franchise. <laughs> it's, it's not one person who's like, test your might. It's fucking every line ever spoken in Mortal Kombat is in this movie. Yeah. Flawless victory. I cannot believe they had an adult man murder someone and then it's just like, hmm, flawless victory. Seeing yeah. it with my wife was very weird because she obviously didn't get any of the references. So I would have to like, like I was the asshole during Lord of the Rings pointing out, oh, he broke his toe in this scene. But for every Mortal Kombat reference, that was me. So that's very fun. Th- thanks to her, I, I appreciate her patience. Fresh, <laughs> what was your experience getting into Mortal Kombat as a kid? Yeah, I got 
I guess the first one that I bought for home was Mortal Kombat 2, which is a terrific game. And it kind of had that element of like diving into like cheat codes before the internet where they were kind of like spread across like, you know, play fields, locker rooms, uh, homerooms, stuff like that. And so I remember finding out from someone through a very intricate like 16 code password how to play as fucking Goro or whatever it was and just like very intimately memorizing that. Uh, I was a reptile guy. I, I want to make sure I'm not confusing this with Mortal Kombat 3, but I'm pretty sure reptile was playable in the second one and you can go invisible and really annoy people, which stuck with me. I was always a Sub-Zero stand, just because yeah. it's the same reason. I played, honestly, the Mortal Kombat core game that I think I played the most of was Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy. Um, oh. Which was uh, like a handful of Game Boy games, like surprisingly competent, a surprisingly like good version of, of the Mortal Kombat games. Hmm. Uh, the one that I hold so near and dear to my heart is not in the core series. It is Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, which I believe was on PS2 mm. and maybe Dreamcast. Is it and like a play... gauntlet knockoff? No. Uh, no, I'm not sh- sure what that is. Um, okay. It, it is, you can play as Kung Lao and Liu Kang, and I think it has two-player co-op. In fact, I'm almost certain it has two-player co-op. Uh, and it is like a 3D action beat him up uh almost has like sort of a god of war style look to oh. it but with uh with cooperative play uh and it was just really fun it was not like a mortal Kombat game in in that there were these you know w- single plane battlefields where you would just battle against one person like you would be taking on hordes of enemies at the same time and then doing that these sounds like gauntlet i think that's what i'm talking about uh maybe maybe i think it rang a bell it was felt similar to gauntlet when i played it but then it also had like it still had fatalities and all that mortal Kombat shit that that you gotta have but man i remember playing through that game with my buddy tanner and like just crushing all of it over the course of a weekend and uh surprisingly great uh, some of those some of those Mortal Kombat spinoff games are really great. Not Mortal Kombat Sub Zero, unfortunately. That game was <laughs> complete dog shit. But uh, Shaolin Monks was dope. Uh, Wait, what I, about you? I it, the the original one came out like a week or two before my seventh birthday, and I tricked my <laughs> grandparents into taking me to go get it at Toys R Us. And this was my parents eventually did set boundaries on uh, cool. games being too violent. Yeah. I did not play Resident Evil 2 for a very long time. That was honestly the only game because some, you know, clown at Babbage's told them it wasn't appropriate for me. So, <laughs> fuck that guy. What an idiot. <laughs> what does he know? Um, but no, Mortal Kombat, I, I did know that my parents should not see it because they would take it away. So I sat on it for a couple days until my neighbor... Uh, was babysitting me despite him being like three years older than me and uh him and my buddy his little brother uh we sat around and tried to perform sub-zero's fatality for hours because you didn't have like internet to just look up a guide at that point so you just had to guess at the button combinations i'm not i am i am not it's a thousand combinations at least Uh, do you want to know how long it took us to do it? Oh, my God. <laughs> how would you is, even know to try? The answer is we didn't do it. 
<laughs> How we did you did, even know to the, try, Chris the, the, the luck that we ended up having was the computer did it to us. Um, oh. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. How, how, how do we know? Because I read Game Pro. Thing, I, I read Game Pro every month. Sure. I'm not yeah. dumb. He knew the cheat codes. He's not fun dumb. Factor. Why do you think he's dumb? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dumb. You needed like one of those tips and tricks books from uh, Barnes and Noble. Yeah, that but those were helpful. for like cowards. Like I was. Yeah. Did y'all ever write for Game Pro? Wait, did I? I wrote for Game Pro. I wrote. No, for I you, write, it, and you know what? They time, never paid me. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's right. I did a review of. I think it was like this. Uh, what? It was an, a top-down action game that was like Hand of something, like Hand, <laughs> hand of, of fate? fate. Hand of Fate. Yeah. Wow. Is that right? Well, no, that, that was a card that was game. A hard I game. Say. That was the card game. No, I. I don't know. Um, uh, God's hand. When it came time for you to determine the fun factor of a game, Chris Plant, what mm. what sort of metric did you use? And was you have it? to ask Scary Larry what he thinks. Yeah. Um, That's important. Yeah. Too. No. 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 I actually, um, I had my blood taken, and I asked oh, wow. them to, you know, check the the fun ratio in my blood. And mm. Yeah. Luckily, and my how, doctor does that. What were the results? Well, my Dr. Larry, Dr. Scary Larry, yeah. um, he said it was a, whoa! <laughs> okay, are we oh. narrow casting to the four of us right now? <laughs> it feels a lot like it. <laughs> um, hey, uh, what else have y'all been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff, because I was on the road for a good long time. Two main ones I want to call out, started playing Terraria again on uh, the old Steam Deck. Because it, it performs a lot better than the Switch, which is what I've only played Terraria on in the past. And there's all this new shit in this uh, 1.4 Journey's End update that I had not messed with when I, when me and Russ got pretty deep into that game a couple years ago. Uh, and that game still kicks ass. Still a very Did you, cool you game. started from scratch? Yeah, I started totally, totally over. Yeah. But like... It, what well, it's it's great in that Minecraft way where like once you have played through the game you know like okay gotta go gotta go find some uh, gotta go find some iron gotta build some housing for all the NPCs gotta buy gotta build a elevator gotta like you know what the chore list is to to do and you uh, it's it's a lot more is that the only game that has a elevator I don't know I, I think, think it is Dante's Inferno I think technically yes. yeah um. And the other big one I've been playing since I got to D.C., we moved to Washington, D.C. I don't know how much of that I've talked about on this show. We just moved to Washington, D.C., uh, where the Pokemon flow like like sweet wine, <laughs> The particularly the uh, Go version of the Pokemon. Been playing do you have a stop near you? Uh, I do. I have a stop near me. Not near enough that I can access it from my house like a million mm. times a day, which would be so choice, but... Um, we we have gone from Austin, which definitely has a, a Pokemon Go community, but we lived not in the city, and so nothing was walkable, really, and so we just, like, did not play it, but it has been a really amazing way of getting Henry excited to, like, go walk to some new place or go ride the train to some new place uh, that, that he hasn't been, and, you know, we'll catch a bunch of Pokemon and hit a bunch of Pokestops on the way and maybe challenge a gym, um... It is. It's very cool. They've added a ton of new stuff to that game, um, like a lot of Team Rocket shit, uh, which is fun. Sometimes Team Rocket floats over my house in a hot air balloon, and I'm like, "You dumb <laughs> bastards! You don't know. You don't know what I'm capable of." Um, so, been been playing that 
quite a bit. Just dipped into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, mm. um, which I think I've played all of those games and bounced off of them at varying points. Um, this one seems great, but I have not spent, I think, enough time Love to with hear it, it to say anything more than that. I know people are like really loving it. People are... Um, not just people, Chris Plant. It's Chris Plant, you're loving it? Yeah, it's loving great. it. How 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 far have you gotten into it? We uh, we cannot talk about it. I've talked about it on the last two yeah, episodes. People will murder me. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but I I'm probably I don't know like maybe like ten hours or something like that. Have you played the other two games? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, I I I did not like two at all. I played through maybe twenty hours of Xenoblade Chronicles one before getting off of that. I would love to spend time with one of these games and get like really into it, but it just hasn't happened yet. But I think I think this might be the one. Oh boy! I also just downloaded you? Live Alive, uh, which I don't know if anybody oh. is. If y'all have talked uh, about yeah. that, I've enjoyed. We that. haven't. Okay, that's like an old school JRPG, right? Yeah, it's like an old school JRPG set across all of these different like um, like points in in history. There's like a future world and a uh, like a Feudal martial Japan. arts yeah world. There's there's all these different worlds, and then the characters at some point like connect. I have not. The great thing about it is the engine that they're using for the art I almost certainly will be used for recreations of Final Fantasy, and I believe it already is in the works for uh, Dragon... Dragon, yeah, Dragon Quest Three. I cannot wait for it. It's the only Dragon Quest game I've never played any of because I've been waiting on the... Um, they're doing. They're giving it sort of the Octopath treatment of like 2D, yeah. 3D stuff. You can try it on Live Alive or Live Alive, whichever it is. Uh, there's a demo on Switch that's like a pretty meaty demo and yeah. uh, save transfers over. So if you like it, you can just go play the rest of the game. Also, I've downloaded and spent a little bit of time with the Octopath Traveler mobile game that came out. They've made like a huh? which is uh, kind of great. It is a gotcha. <laughs> it's a gotcha Octopath Traveler game, which is a really so weird like, gotcha. We tricked you into playing Octopath Traveler. <laughs> uh, it strips away a lot of the cruft, I think, of Octopath Traveler and just focuses on, like, the combat system in that game was fantastic. So it's, it's a screensaver? You're just downloading all right, all empty right, bytes? All right. Or... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Juice. Yeah, but uh, real quick, um, I've been getting into a little bit of some idle things that I played, like, many, many years ago. Um, uh, a dark room. If you've never played, you guys ever played like the a dark room in the ensign? No. Oh yeah, baby. Oh god. I would play. I would play a million of those. I know. A, a, a million bajillion. Of they're them. clicker I, games. They're na- narrative clicker games. I would <laughs> sure. say. It's yeah. someone. It's someone who played Cookie Clicker. This is the actual story. Someone played Cookie Clicker, and he thought like, "What if I could use this to like." make a compelling narrative like a really compelling narrative mm. um, yeah and there's two of these games it's it's actually weirdly kind of similar to uh uh cult of the lamb ami raleigh rajan and he he did uh, a dark room which is like a clicker where you you start with like literally a bonfire and then you're building resources and finding resources and people are drawn to the bonfire and then eventually like as you it's all ascii like there's no graphics or anything eventually you like journey out into the outside world and 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 everything um it is uh the incident is also cool. like that but then yeah. with like space travel yeah it's like a sequel with space travels of um so those are great they're on ios and browsers if you never played them you absolutely should uh also along those same lines i weirdly just turned on universal paper clips again just to like go through it again just because i'd never done it 
uh, very similar idea. Um, I went back through Slay the Spire. I played that Downfall, that that DLC or like fan made expansion that has a new character class that is so cool. And I love Slay the Spire. And I I turn on Slay the Spire to play a little bit of it to catch myself up before I play the DLC. Oops. Yeah. 20 hours. <laughs> yes. what, what, what Were you playing it on PC or mobile? Uh, or? I was playing it on PC, yes. It's a dangerous game to have on mobile. Oh, I bet, bud. I bet. Um, I downloaded it on mobile when it came out, and I was like, oh, man, I've spent so much fucking time unlocking all the stuff in the PC version. I, I don't know. know if I can. And then I played it through all the I way. guess you could play Downfall on Steam Deck, because even though it's sure. fan-made, it is would be Steam Deck. I know you don't have one, Justin, but... Uh, do we need to bring it up? Anyway, um, <laughs> we... Uh, 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 another very quick one uh, from the makers of Downwell that... Um, uh, Russ Freshtick suggested to me because he's always got his finger in the pulse of the mobile world. It's Point P. Mm. Great game. P O I N P Y. Point P. It is made by Netflix. Um, well, it was published, but released by Netflix. Thank you. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, the, it is. It is released by Netflix. It is a. If you play down well, it's kind of like that, but backwards. I'm not going to make it sound fun, but it's really fun. You're this is little guy pie, and you're. Uh, dragging down on the screen to jump upwards and you have to collect uh, certain fruits that the game tells you to collect. And the more fruits you collect, the more jumps you can do in a row. And you're being chased by this like juice drinking monster uh, that you have to keep making juice for. And the, a bunch of like upgrades and stuff. It's very Is cute. that ringing it's a bell, good. Justin, of your home life? Oh yeah. It's not that far <laughs> off actually. Anyway, I'm, I know it's a lot of video games. I'm really sorry. I should get into books. Someday, someday. <laughs> plant what? Plant what is yours? Well, fresh. I think we should talk about our thing together. Okay, fine. Uh, so, plant and I. This is a couple, a little while ago, but plant and I went and saw Beetlejuice on Broadway. And to be honest, <laughs> it is one of the most careless productions I've ever seen, specifically because they say Beetlejuice so much in that play. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah they did not care movie. the ramifications of saying Beetlejuice as many times as they did, and what came out of that was exactly what you'd expect which is beetlejuice shows up and he makes a whole mess of things yeah uh, that's a huge it's a problem it's a problem they could have edited the script to make sure that didn't happen and they didn't and here we are in the middle of manhattan experiencing uh some sort of helmageddon yeah um, we had a so, lovely time Chris yeah it, it, it was it was a really nice time and the folks uh at beetlejuice are fans of the best reason invited us so i want to especially thank oh, them cool. i also think that they can thank me and okay. i wanted to explain um so the star of beetlejuice alex brightman beloved by fans uh extremely that's hard work he's very talented and works really hard yeah yeah that's right right stupid. right so well you might think that's why right oh um okay. uh and i mean i mean and after every number, people just, I mean, people love this guy. He's incredible. He's fantastic. But would he be there without me is what oh. I kept thinking. Because well, in if, college. If you, by you, you mean everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if in college I had uh, an off-Broadway off, off production and I cast Alex Brightman in what may have been his first New York wow. show. Is that true? Wow. That's true. And I just think that, you know, sure, does he work hard? Does his agent support him? Um, has he earned every step of his career? Yes. Yes, but. But. Yes, but. That old improv that, axiom. But, yes, but. 
but would it have happened without me? So when everyone cheered for him, in a way, I kind of felt like it was like I mean, the butterfly it was, flaps its wings. It I mean, was my night. Flaps its wings. Now, Chris Plant, you know, did you cast him in a leading role? Did you know the talent before oh, I, you? I a hundred percent did. He was yeah. he was one of the two leads. In, oh, la- in last of the Texas Dollies, a show that you will never see. <laughs> well, not now. You already did it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's, that's also how theater works. You do it once. Yeah, that's a problem. And it's done forever. You actually have to burn every record of the play. Um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. The, with so many games we mentioned this week planned, I don't feel good good for you. There's I'm, so many. I'm very quick. We talked about Cult of the Lamb. We talked about Terraria, Pokemon Go, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Slay the Spire, Downfall, Point P, A Dark Room, The Insign, Universal Paper Clips, a bunch of Mortal Kombat games, and Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice! Beetlejuice! Oh, no. Here he comes. What uh, back! Oh, <laughs> Sometimes God, no. Justin becomes Beetlejuice to scare... My children, <laughs> Travis's children. Checks yeah. out. It's uncle behavior, I think. Yeah, it's normal Firmly stuff. Firmly uncle behavior. What do we do next week? Uh, well, before we do that, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties. Barkel, Tanner Johnston, Mab Donna, and Goth Salts. Thank you for writing mm-hmm. reviews for the besties. Thank you to everyone else for writing reviews for the besties. I turned into Beetlejuice briefly uh, in that reading. So there you go. What What are we doing? I'm so excited for next week's game. Next week, yes. we are, we're talking about Cursed to Golf. Fuck which, yes. Very yes. I, I, uh, the creator of this game showed me a little demo of this, I don't know, before COVID, years ago, in Tokyo, and was like, hey, is this a thing? And let me tell you, it's a thing. And now the game is finally coming out, and I'm so excited for this no, team. Wait, all right, all right, wait, I just wanted to zero in on this very quickly, because I know we're trying to segue out. But plant... I do want to just verify. If you had said this is not a thing back then in the early days, it would have oh. died. You, 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 that would have been the end of it. You, so, you, in a way, you picked up what I was putting down. In a way, <laughs> once again, it all tracks back. I, I mean, it's weird. I, like, am I in weird. the Truman Show? <laughs> uh, well, okay. We will be back to talk about those, uh, that game, uh, Curse to Golf, and everything else we're playing next week. Uh, but until then, be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!